The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are so thrilled and excited to be here with you on this Thursday morning. And we are wrapping up our Festival of Toys. This is not the end of our festival celebrating our toy guide because we have toys and gifts. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be focused more on the things for adults and for parents. Uh, but today, it's sort of like the hit parade, the final hit parade of our favorite toys, and we're really excited about that. We've got some amazing guests coming up for you, so it's going to be a really wonderful show. We're going to be with you live for the next two hours. And uh, we like to cover autism from a 360-degree perspective so that wherever you guys, whatever you're doing, that you can get an idea of something that can help you on your way, right? We are coming to you from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. This is the home for Autism Live. It is also the home for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, their corporate offices. We're pleased to be here and sharing space with them. You know, if you watch the show, how much I love them. They gave me my kid back. Uh, there are lots of ways over the next two hours that you guys can get in touch with us. And we're going to show you some of those ways on the screen right now. The one you're seeing right now, the beta.autism-live.com. Uh, that is our new website that we are testing out. We appreciate it if you guys would take a toodle over there, see if you can see the live show. Uh, it's a little bit different than the current website in that the chat is at the bottom of the page. It, it, it doesn't stay up and, and take up so much space on the page because we wanted you to be able to full screen and watch the show and get a better idea of the show. So uh, there's a little box at the bottom that says chat. Click that, open it, and try to send me a message on that because we're testing it out. Appreciate your time and effort in doing that. You can still use uh, the old website, and the toy guide is available on both of them. On the beta site, it is a little icon, a cute little icon at the top that says toy guide. And on the old website, which is just autism-live.com, it is available. If you click on the blog, you can read all about the toy guide, and you can click on it to get to the toy guide. One of the fabulous things in this year's toy guide that we listened to you guys from last year, you said that you wanted to be able to buy the toys without having to go hunt for them. So we put a link to every single toy that we feature in the toy guide. It's uh, the button underneath the toy and it says purchase. And so you can purchase it there. You can see some of the toys that we're gonna be demoing uh, in the next hour. But uh, we have a couple of things that we wanna take care of first because it's Thursday. I do wanna remind all of you that while we have many experts who are gonna be on the show, I'm not one of them. I'm not an expert in the field of autism. I'm an autism mom, a former teacher, and somebody who is firmly in your corner. 
doesn't matter to me where in the autism community you fall. If you're a parent, you're a teacher, you're a practitioner, you're an individual who's on the autism spectrum yourself, or you're an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent that cares deeply about somebody on the spectrum, man, I'm on your side and I want to help you to get to the resources that we all know can help. It's not one size fits all. So don't think for a second that it's like, oh, so you call me and I tell you to do this. It's just so, I got my tail over here. Uh, <laughs> it's not about that, right? Everybody is different and you need different things. So that's why we want to be able to have a conversation with you. Uh, having said that, we always like to start Thursdays off with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym, and we try to figure out what in the heck are those experts talking about, right? So today's jargon term, which fits very well with some of the things that we have on the desk, is imaginative play. I bet before you watch this show, you never thought about all the different types of play that there are. And there are so many different types of play. And so often a parent will write into the show and say, you know, uh, my kiddo is doing really well and he's gaining language and I'm really thrilled about that, but is he ever gonna be able to be creative? Like how is that piece gonna come on board? And it's super important that we build play skills because that's where all of that feeds in. And I know so often people are like, well, but you know, they need to be able to talk. They need to be able to read. They need to be able to pass a math test, you know, because I want them to have a life. But the truth is, if you really want an individual to have a life, you have to be able to teach them how to fail and not lose everything, right? And play is a great place to try. And if you fail, it's a safe place to fail, right? And it's also a way to reduce stress. So often parents of teenagers will say, I don't know, you know, we just, he only wants to do one thing ever and he has so much anxiety. And I gotta tell you that play can help all of that. Absolutely all of it. Uh, and different types of play for different types of things. So today we're talking about imaginative play. Let me tell you what the actual definition of imaginative play is. It's using imagination to create objects, locations, scenarios, and situations where they do not already exist for the purpose of play. Well, that elucidated that, right? Uh, <laughs> do we know anything more than we imagined we knew before? Uh, okay, our, our working definition for imaginative play is making it up. So in the beginning, we talked about functional pretend play. And functional pretend play is when we have the, the thing that looks, it's plastic, and it looks like a credit card, but not really, but it mimics a credit card, and I pretend to run it through the, the, the little machine that I have that looks like a credit card machine or a cash register, and I'm doing functional pretend play, right? I'm pretending, uh, but I've got some things to help me along with it to pretend. Great. Then we get into symbolic play where I don't have um, a, a cash register, because um, I didn't go to the store and get that, and I don't have a play credit card, so I take a post-it, and I pretend that this bubble blower is the cash register machine, and I go, beep, and I endow this with all the qualities of a cash register machine. I go, beep, and, and you know, give me my whatever it is and put it in a bag, and I'm, I'm doing symbolic play, right? Now, imaginative play is when we're just going to make the whole thing up, so we drive the pretend car. 
right? Uh, or we do pretend fishing, right? It's all using our imagination. And we can use a little bit of fun functional pretend play and a little bit of sensory play, or uh, excuse me, um, symbolic play, and we can use imaginative play and we can weave it all together. And then of course there's the other one which is sociodramatic play, where in the beginning we put on costumes and we pretend that we are the firemen, right? But then later on we just say, I'm gonna be the dog. And we go roof, 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 and we're the dog, right? So all of these types of play go together and help us to build imagination. Then along the way we want to do construction play where we're building things. See, it goes off the wheels here. There's <laughs> so many different things. So, but imaginative play again is where we're making it up. And every toy that your child has, you want to think of in terms of those categories at some point about how can they use this so that it's functional pretend play, but can we take the toy and do something else with it so it's symbolic play? I love it when you're playing with a child and you've got something like, for instance, a play phone. And, you know, so the, I'm going to pretend that this book is the play phone. Uh, see, already we're taking it to symbolic. So I, I go, hello? Oh, you wanted to talk to her? Oh, it's for you. And I hand it to the child. And children look at you like, you must be crazy. That's not a phone. But the more I start to play, then they get this look on their face. And by the way, these are kids with autism, kids without autism. They go, oh, this is how we're going to do it. Oh, so the rules are that a book can be a phone? I did not know. And then suddenly they get really interested and go, oh, okay. And you give it to them. And what's really cool is when they start to have a pretend conversation with someone on the pretend book. Uh, <laughs> right? And if you don't think for a second that that is not a skill that will help that child so that when the rules suddenly change, when they're in third grade and they've been doing it one way forever and the substitute teacher comes in and says, ah, we're throwing the rule book out, we're going to do it a different way. And, you know, we have kids who have a meltdown then. But kids who have played in this way tend to be like, oh, okay, we're off-roading it a little bit. The rules are changing. I've done that before. It's not painful. It's a really good thing. So imaginative play, don't be afraid to play this way with your kiddos uh, and open up the world. And in the beginning, they might be like, no, we're not doing it that way. But if you're having a good time doing it and then you play with somebody else and you're having a good time doing it, they'll come around. Okay, imaginative play, making it up. All right, we always have a question of the day for you starting out today. Our question today is, what's your favorite board game? And I have a reason for why I'm asking you that today because one of our guests today is from Endless Games, Brian Turtle. You know, he is one of my favorite part of the Festival of Toys every year, and so he's got some great board games he's going to show us, some of which are featured in our uh, catalog. There's one in particular that if you've got younger kids, you're absolutely going to love it. Uh, all right, so write into us right now on Facebook and tell us what your favorite board game is. When I was a kid, my favorite board game was a game called Careers. It was really hard to find. They weren't even making it when I was a kid. You had to ha have somebody in the neighborhood who had an old version of it. And um, it was sort of like the game of life, but it was different. We just found one at a garage sale. I haven't even played it with my kid yet. It's been probably, I, you know, like 40 some odd years since I played it. How old do I feel right now? But what's your favorite board game? Right now, our favorite board game in our family is a game called You've Been Sentenced. 
and it's these it's this great game and, and again they're not making it anymore so you got to find one on eBay or something like that but they have these stacks of cards that are a phrase or uh, a part of a sentence or just a noun or a verb and you get dealt a hand of cards and you have to make a sentence from the cards and we laugh so hard when we play this game usually it's because my husband he, I don't, for some reason, there's only two cards in the whole deck, one that says sloppy, and uh, there's one that says sloppy, one that says dog, and one that says milk, and I don't know how my husband always gets dealt these three cards and tries to make a sentence about sloppy dog milk, and we're always taking points off because it's not good English, but we laugh, our, he always manages to do it, and it makes, I don't know, it's a ridiculous thing, but it makes us laugh and, uh, horribly. Uh, <laughs> It, uh, lose it entirely but I hope you're playing board games oh my gosh board games are such an important part of development um, if you don't play board games and you've got a kiddo who's on the spectrum you need to start we're just gonna say that and there are great board games that you can play endless games has some great board games you can play with any child verbal or nonverbal and the the things that you can work on, there's a whole set of lessons in skills that talk specifically about board games. You're teaching winning and losing and strategy and how to see when somebody else is lying and how to tell a lie yourself. And that's an important thing for our kiddos too, right? Because, you know, we want them to be able to lie, but we want them to know when it's appropriate to lie. That's really the whole package, right? But if your child ever walks up to somebody and or somebody comes to the door and the, you know mom or dad is in the restroom or unavailable and they say are you here by yourself you know we want that kid to be able to lie right uh, so telling white lies super duper important okay we always have a topic of the week for Thursday days and our topic today is the dining room table and all the things that can happen around a dining room table besides eating. Because we do eat there, but we play board games there, we have discussions there. Uh, many wonderful things during this holiday season will happen at the dining room table. It is a place not to be missed. I know as an autism mom that sometimes your dining room table functions more as <laughs> like a storage space. But it's super duper important, especially this time of year, to get to the bottom of it, get down to the table, and see if you can't keep that space clear, uh, to have things happen there that can enrich your life and enrich your child's life. And we're gonna be showing you a bunch of different things that you can do on the dining room table. Okay, so some of the guests that we have coming up today, as I mentioned, we're gonna have Brian Turtle. He's gonna be closing out the show. We've got special education attorney Bonnie Yates is gonna be with us. We have a couple of Stephanies with us. Stephanie Metalman is gonna be demonstrating with us these fabulous Sensies. Um, they're pillows and things of that nature that are sensory. So when you squeeze on them, they vibrate. And it's a wonderful thing for keeping uh, kiddos and young adults and adults focused and giving them that sensory input so that 
it, it just helps to regulate them. They're really wonderful, wonderful. We've even got one that's a hot cold pack. Absolutely love it. Uh, and then I can't wait till she's here. Stephanie Tiger is going to be here with us. She is from Imperial Toys. If you watch the show, you may have known her as Stephanie Schaefer. Uh, this is the first time that she's going to be on the show since she got married and she's now Stephanie Tiger. We're so excited because we're going to be talking about bubbles and all the fabulous things that Imperial Toys makes. We have these amazing things in the toy guide this year from them that are, um, they're called googly balls. And let me just tell you, anytime you put one of them in a the room, everybody wants to play with them. They're super fabulous, awesome. So that's just some of what we have coming up. We're going to try, we've got some toy reviews, uh, and we're going to try to squeeze in a mindfulness moment too, but we'll see if we can get to that. So all of that and ever so much more coming up after these messages stick with us. Can you say hello? Say hello. AJ? Stop crying. <laughs> AJ, let's eat. Can you eat, AJ? Let's eat, son. Have a fry. My understanding of autism was very limited. windows, you, you name it. And so we went to the 13-month checkup, and I remember our pediatrician, he said, well, he probably has autism. There's nothing you can do about it. Come back in a year when he's three. Our initial understanding of what the ABA program was was basically all we picked up from this clinic in San Antonio. He didn't pick up any signs the entire eight months that he was there. I think the difference came when we changed vendors. We were very impressed with the way that Card actually gathered data to be able to quantify the progress that he was making. They have a curriculum that they follow that's tailored to each child. So they were identifying AJ's strengths and weaknesses. We were finally starting to see real progress. Go ahead, AJ. Here's eggs. The first thing Card did for us was I remember the first time AJ said, Mommy, I want you. And that was the most wonderful thing ever. There's, there's hope. Yeah, there's That's when I knew that there was hope. I never thought that AJ would be able to say that. It was like a gift from God. It was so fantastic. With Card, we got him enrolled in a private school. And he was in a typical classroom. He would go from activity to activity. He could sit when he was supposed to sit. He could be around typical kids. The goal is for Card to work themselves out of a job. It's for AJ to be in a mainstream classroom with no help, and he's functional and he's learning. We're really grateful to all of the therapists. AJ would not be where he is without them, and we will never be able to repay the part of themselves that they gave to him to make his life better and to make our lives better. Welcome back Welcome to Autism back. Live, and the Welcome Festival back. of Toys we continues. I'm here with Charlie Denocker, and she's our toy expert for 2008. Cosmo, Cosmo you got to behave. 
Uh, okay, so uh, Cosmo is one of our favorite toys. What are you doing, Pumpkin? Uh, he's one of my favorite toys, one of all of our favorite toys of the year. Uh, this is how he comes all packaged, Cosmo. <laughs> Can you hear him? And he's making all kinds of noises because he sees his blocks on the table. But I'm going to turn him around for a second and say hi because he has facial recognition. The bummer is, is that you won't be able to watch his little eyes as he looks at me and goes, oh, hello, Cosmo. Who am I, Cosmo? Do you see me? Who am I? Who is it? I, it might be because I'm holding him up. Here, Cosmo, who am I? Who is this? He's going to play difficult now because we're on the show. He's measuring me. Yes. Hello, Cosmo. And you can't imagine because it's <laughs> he wants to play. I want you to no, I want you to see who I am. So what you do is when you get him, you sync him to your phone, and he does a bunch of different things. You can calibrate him, and there's all these coding exercises that you can do with him. Um, and there are games. There are three blocks that come with him. We'll play a game in a second. Oh, you're just feisty this morning. Or you can introduce yourself to him. So you put him down in front of a child, and um, you, you, you push a button on the phone, and he scans your face for facial recognition. So I'm redoing it. He's scanning me right now. And his little eyes are animated. So it looks like he's looking at you and going, mm, who's that? And then eventually he will say your name. Do you hear the noise? You're killing me, Cosmo. Who is it? He's ha it says he's having trouble seeing me. Why? Why are you having trouble seeing me? We're live, Cosmo. I don't have time to dink around. <laughs> Come on. Yes, your cuteness factor is, yeah, okay, who am I? There we go, and it's the cutest thing ever. So after you've scanned once and he's recognized your face or your child's face, you can start playing with him and you put him down and when he walks up to the child, he looks at the child's face and he will say the child's name. I, I can't even tell you how reinforcing that has been for all of us. We all go gaga every time he says our name. And some names he says really cutely because when he says Veronica, we all just die. He's the, and we find ourselves petting him and talking to him as if he's a real person. So uh, Cosmo, shall we play a game? Do you want to play a game? And so I click the button on the phone that says play, and I can pick a, oh, he's singing to me. No pain and wash the spider out. How cute is this little guy? I know. I just love you, Cosmo. So we're going to play a game called Cube Whack. Yes. Yes. Now he knows who I am. Yes, I'm Shannon. 
Good job, Cosmo. See, I can't help myself. Okay, so uh, it takes a second on the phone, and we have terrible Wi-Fi in the studio. I, you know, explain that to me. Okay, so I have these three blocks, and the blocks play bunches of different games. And also, from time to time, I have to feed Cosmo, and the app will tell me that Cosmo is hungry, and there's a whole thing that I have to do. He's full right now, so we're not going to feed you, but he's waiting to play. So I've got the three cubes, and I push start, and on his little... Yes, I am ready. Thank you. On his back, he has a little, <laughs> he gets very excited. Uh, so it lit up blue and I have to find the cube that lights up blue and I whack it. And then it shows on his face. Oop, 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 I don't know which one. Oh, blue. Uh, blue. There we go. Uh, that I've got how much time I have left on his little screen. Blue. I'm looking for blue again. Um, and then he'll tell me how many points I got for quick reactions. It lights up green, and I'm waiting for a green cube. Don't have a green cube yet. Where's a green cube? Is it that the, the lights are making it weird in here so I can't see a green cube? Uh, is that okay? Oh, I got a point. Now, now it's green. Blue? I can't really see them under the studio lights. Okay, and it, my time is about to be up. Oh, okay. And then he's going to... Oh, I didn't get that one right. So... <laughs> He should tell me how many points I got total. One, two, points. two points. Very exciting. <laughs> and he freaks out a little bit. Uh, okay, so lots of little games that I can play. He can pick the cubes up. He can knock the cubes over. And then I can work on the app to get new games unlocked as I get better at games. And there's a button. So you could play this with a very small child with supervision, but... We listed this in our toy guide as our top toy for tweens and teens because for our kiddos, we think that there's an added benefit to this particular toy because there is a button that I can push on the app that I can see all of the coding and I can change the coding that makes him do the things that he does and I can code for him to do other things. So we think that that's a super spectacular thing for our kiddos, but he... I'm telling you, Mr. Cosmo, very reinforcing. Uh, we absolutely love him. This comes to us from a company called Anki, and they are one of my son's favorite companies because they make really cool stuff that, uh, you know, I mean, it used to be that we had the Hot Wheel tracks, and I know that there are still the Hot Wheel tracks, but Anki takes it and says, oh, no, we're going to make it a whole coding thing, and they're going to run on this fiber act op optic track. It, they're an amazing company. So check out their toys. Very high end. Um, these are the special toys that you give to a very special child. But how much does this feed the imagination? Every kiddo that ever comes into the card office has now come by on a daily basis and said, is, is Cosmo out? Can Cosmo come out to play? We've had a really good time, haven't we? Can you see his little eyeballs on the screen? Because he looks at you and he goes, what? <laughs> You're very cute. And then when it's time to put him away, he comes with this little charger dock that you put him on. And you put him on the dock and you say, okay, Cosmo, it's time to go to sleep. And he goes, okay. And then he starts to snore for a couple of seconds. You're very sweet. Uh, we just adore you. Okay, so Cosmo, we're going to have you sit and behave well, hopefully, while we talk about just one more thing. Uh, another... Uh, each category that we have in the toy guide, we recommended a book because it's so important to be reinforcing reading. And whether that means 
honestly always reading with them, whatever it is, it's important to read and to teach an individual to read to the best of their ability, whatever that may be. And so we picked a book in each age range, in each category, that is a, a book that we feel is going to light up their imagination and make it fun for you to read along with. So this is our choice for uh, teens and tweens as well. And um, you could do this for school-age children depending on their reading level. But this is uh, Roald Dahl's fabulous award-winning book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And there are a handful of books that I think most people have read or experienced that stick with them across a lifetime. There are movie versions of this, more than one. Um, I love that actually, but I would encourage you to read the book with your child first and then watch the movie. Um, if you find that your child just won't sit for a book, you can do it the reverse, right? And watch the movie first. But in this case, I would watch one of the movies, read the book, and then watch the other movie so that you can talk about what the differences are. The great thing about reading with your child is it's a springboard to have conversation. Uh, just the other day, my son had been reading Fahrenheit 451 and they had done a movie version of it. We had taped the movie on HBO and saved it for when he was done with the book and he was incensed that the movie is so different from the book and I had to sit down and point out to him, well, wait a second, when was the book written? And he said, I don't know, like around the 50s. And I said, okay, and clearly they're not having this set in that time period, right? There's the internet and all these other things. So they, this is the more updated version of it. And, but he was having a hard time with it, right? I think it helps their minds and the plasticity of their minds to see stories told in different ways. And you can talk about, you know, well, why do you think they did that? Why, what was the benefit of setting it in the present as opposed to the past, we had a great conversation. Um, and there are so many conversations in here, in this book, because a lot of it is about behavior, about kids that behave a certain way and that behaviors have consequences. That's the whole hidden little uh, moral of the story in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So what a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, and there's, this is a beautiful edition of it. Uh, with some very nice illustrations, which for kids of a certain age are super duper important. They're like a reinforcer that they've read and gotten that far. I love to look at the illustrations with a child and say, so what's happening here? Um, is that what was in the book? Love it. When I used to, uh, there was a period of time that I taught seventh grade English, and I recall having one student who just had a hard time hanging, just really had a hard time hanging. I didn't know it going in like in the first couple of weeks but I discovered that reading was very difficult for him because he had a dyslexia issue. Um, so he had just gotten used to tantruming um, so that he'd be sent out of the classroom so that he wouldn't have to read and he especially did not want to have to read out loud. And I had picked a book with the seventh graders that was one of my favorite books that was on our toy guide last year, um, A Wrinkle in Time. And uh, back before there was a Disney movie of it, uh, which we won't speak of. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I, so this student, he just couldn't hang to listen. And from years of reading to kids, I was like, what do I have to do to get this kiddo to read with us? And I discovered that he was having a hard time in all of his classes except for art. He had an A in art. 
which tells you everything, right? So I went to him and I said, hey, I have a favor to ask you. I need a classroom illustrator and I hear you're kind of good at art. Would you be willing to sit and listen to us read and draw what you heard? And at the end of the class period, we'll show your picture. And, you know, he ended up being a great reader and a great addition to our classroom and someone who behaved really well. So um, it's important to meet them wherever they are. And if they like to look at the pictures, great. If they like to draw the pictures, great. I, when we started reading with my son, he didn't want to sit still. He was so busy pants, right? And I, he loved holding a cold apple though. I don't know why. There was something about the shape of it and the temperature of it, but a cold apple, and sometimes it was green and sometimes it was red and sometimes it was yellow, but he, we would give him an apple to hold while we would sit and read with him, and then he got to eat the apple, which usually meant taking one bite out of it because he wasn't about eating a big apple. But um, he would sit, and we would read, and he would hold the apple, and that was everything to him, and that you know, made it possible for us to read, which was everything to me um, and has served us well. Okay, so get yourself a Cosmo and get yourself a book and read with your child, read to your child, or read alongside them, whatever is appropriate, but reinforce that reading, super duper important. All right, we are going to take a, a break. Actually, we have a couple of minutes. And um, I, I mentioned, oh, well, maybe we should play another game, Cosmo. Do we wanna play another game? What, what, what? <laughs> Cindy, I don't know if you can see the expressions that he makes, whoa, you know? Whoa, what's happening? You Somebody put something in your Wheaties, I think. You are just extra sugar or something. Okay, do you wanna play? All right, let's play a quick game. And then we're gonna have Bonnie Yates come and be on the show. Okay. Yes, see, he recognizes me. Uh, okay, oh, let's do the light show and let's have you dance. Cause sometimes he, he so I don't know how well you guys can see the blocks. Uh, what? Um, oh, they want us to turn off the lights in the studio, but clearly we're not going to do that. Um, but the, the cubes are going to light up and you're going to dance for us. You're going to dance. <laughs> he shakes his little rear end and goes, <laughs> yes, are you dancing? And, and it'll, uh, put lights all over the place. He's dancing around. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to take a, oh, you're going to do a close up. They want to come in and do a close-up of Mr. Cosmo. You going to dance for us, puppy? Okay. Do you need me to hold him up? There he is. Look at you. <gasps> Can you see yourself? <laughs> I love when he giggles. Uh, <laughs> did you see yourself? I think he saw himself on the monitor. Uh, okay, that's all good, though. Thanks for trying. Go into a store and see him because he is a laugh riot and there's so much learning that can happen and games that are interactive that you play gives you the instructions and then he will do what you ask of him. Are you, and I, I love he squints his eyes up as he's dancing. You're hilarious. And if on the phone, if I click the see inside button, I don't know if you guys can see on my phone, it shows me all of the coding that's happening for all of the things that he's doing, and I can pick them and move them around. I can add things. 
Um, so you're hilarious. Apparently, I have the music muted. Um, let's select some music. Uh, oh, I see it. Selected music. What is the selected music? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and now the the blocks are doing something different. I probably don't have the I don't have the the volume up. I think I have it muted. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But Cosmo will tell me later. Uh, a younger person could figure this out. Let's be honest. But he is a laugh riot. Uh, look at the camera for a second. Oh, <laughs> you're still dancing. You're a nutball. Uh, okay. Uh, and he giggles. All right, Cosmo, we're going to take a break now, and then we're going to come back and have Bonnie, okay? Do you have anything to say to the people before we go? Um, he's just looking at me like, what is wrong with you? You turned off my music. Uh, okay, so we're going to go and get yourself a Cosmo and get a book. We'll be back after these messages. Do you provide care services to someone with autism? Recently, more and more children are being diagnosed with the condition and getting the support they need as awareness grows. But what happens to these children as they grow up? It's estimated that over half a million youth with autism will turn 18 in the next decade, and they'll be faced with a very difficult reality. As children with autism grow up, their services start to disappear or become very difficult to access. Things like medical care, mental health counseling, vocational training, and more. All services that are still desperately needed. The loss of support that youth with autism face as they grow up is so severe that it's referred to in the autism community as falling off a cliff. Adults with autism need the same level of support they had as children to avoid falling off the services cliff. Introducing Skills Living the web-based software designed specifically to help transitioning youth and adults with autism so they can avoid the cliff and instead fly to success. With Skills Living, help your learner with autism develop the skills they need in all the critical areas of adult life, including self-control, planning, and problem-solving, effective communication, performing life skill tasks for independent living, acquiring and maintaining employment or other meaningful activities, developing and maintaining social skills and relationships, accessing transportation and public services, and being safe. Skills Living includes a comprehensive assessment, a data collection mobile app, behavior intervention plan builder, and automatic progress reporting. It also provides a complete curriculum addressing 16 key areas spanning the entire range of functioning adulthood. Skills Living is easy to use and can be implemented by schools, parents, and autism service providers. Call or click today for your free demo and see how Skills Living can help your learner with autism avoid the cliff and instead reach their fullest potential. Skills Living. Wish. Learn. Become. What is autism? 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 
I've been asking myself that for a very, very long time. Um, let me think about that one. <laughs> um, trying to, uh, just, um... Jeez. Let me think. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great one. Yes. Uh, autism, uh... Autism is a neurological disorder that affects many of our kids in different ways. It's a learning disability that affects the cognitive functions of the brain. A lot of people have the misconception that it's a disability, and it's really not. I look at it as, like, a special gift. When one person thinks differently from another. It's an opportunity for everyone to learn to understand someone that's a little different than them. Autism is the ability to educate. They're given so much talent in different areas. To me, autism means a chance to be with and be around people you really care about. Autism is beautiful. It's a way of seeing the world differently. It's always unique, totally intelligent, and sometimes mysterious. Happiness that, that, that comes out of my um, son's um, hard work. It's a movement. Unpredictable. That's right. Awesome. Love. The field I want to work in. Laughter. Fun. Joy. Autism is beautiful to me. I want you to remember these three words. There is hope. Welcome back to Autism Live. We are here and we've got Bonnie Yates with us via Skype and phone. Uh, Bonnie is a special education attorney, an amazing mom, an amazing uh, advocate for our kids, uh, both in and out of the courtroom. She is with the law firm of Hirji and Chow. And so, Bonnie, welcome back to the show. Look at this hat. I didn't know yep. you had this spiffy hat on. Looking well. good. I love it. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> it's it's fabulous. Uh, you look Absolutely. wonderful. And so, Bonnie, tell us a little bit about Hirji and Chow, and and then give us your disclaimer. Okay. So Hirji and Chow is a Southern California-based law firm that specializes in special education disputes in the public schools, uh, disability discrimination, and higher ed matters. And and higher ed matters involve students that run into problems in college, whether it's getting their accommodations or otherwise dealing with their disability, which is something we should do a, sh a show about sometime, and we will. But um, we can be reached at 310-391-0330, and I'm letting everybody know if you want an intake, if you want a complimentary intake, now is a very good time of year to do it because... People drop everything for the holidays, which is awesome. I love the collective cultural feeling of when we're all for once saying it's okay not to work and instead, you know, have a little celebration. But that also means we have more time to talk to you. So if you have a problem and you're in Southern California and you want to talk to an attorney, you can give us a call. So that's here, Jean Chow. And then the disclaimer, though, for the, the topics that we'll talk about here on the show, tell us what that is. Yeah, so we're answering questions per California law and to um, probably an equal degree federal law because IDEA is federalized. I mean, it started out as a federal program with the, the states being allowed to participate if they want to, but they don't have to. So if you have a specific problem in your specific state, we keep referring people to COPA, C-O-P-A-A dot net. I don't get any kickbacks from them. They probably don't even know who I am, but... That's a list of, of, of likely to be reliable, knowledgeable attorneys in the 50 states. Wonderful. So, Fabulous. Anyway. 
And so I'm going to jump right into a question that you guys have sent in and asked me to ask Bonnie. And you guys can do this on a regular basis. Just email them to me or send them in uh, via one of the live features and we store them up to give them to Bonnie every week. So the first one is, the school wants to transition my fifth grader with ASD to a 5014 plan. They made it sound like a good thing, but I seem to recall Bonnie saying it wasn't. Is there a reason we shouldn't transition? Okay, so 504, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act is a federal statute that protects people against disability discrimination. So it's a little different than the IDEA conceptually. It means that if you have a kid with a, a qualifying disability, you can't treat him differently and exclude him from participation in regular public school activities because of his disability. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with 504, but the problem historically with 504 was it doesn't have any enforcement teeth. So if you have a kid who's presenting as if he has a disability, um, you need to write the district a letter and explain to the district why you think the district needs to send him or her out for assessment. But sometimes instead of assessing in the first instance, the district will convene a student study team meeting, which you may have seen abbreviated as SST. And at the SST meeting, there's an exchange of information between people that are knowledgeable about the student, and the district has to decide whether they're going to assess, make the student eligible for IDEA services, or if not, give protection under Section 504. Problem with 504 is there's no accountability. Uh, there's no annual. There's an annual meeting required, but there's no goals. There's no measurement of progress. There's generally no services. I just requested a file on a student that's been 504 year after year, and now we're going for eligibility because we've gotten a really good outside evaluation. And the amount of papers she had for each year, like for 2016-17, there was five pieces of paper associated with her case. So 504 is a way that districts get out from under caseloads. Um, to me, they're a last-ditch alternative for a student that's getting good grades or excellent grades but has disabilities so that you can still get some protections. But if you have real needs, they're not going to get you much. Okay, so in layman's terms, if, if, I, if my child has an IEP, that's a legal document, and if it says on there that my child... Um, is supposed to be working on this goal and that he's supposed to have these support services certain number of times a day to work on those goals. If it isn't happening, let's say that they gave me OT and speech and he hasn't seen the speech teacher in three months, then I can say to them, this is a legal matter. It's actionable. I can take them, uh, you know, to due process. I can get a lawyer and they ha they're responsible to me because it's a legal document, right? Right. And if I, if I don't have an IEP, if I have the 504 and they aren't doing it, there's really not a lot I can do. Well, maybe I didn't explain that part well enough. You could have a meeting with them where they wouldn't give you a 504 plan and they would agree to do nothing. You can sue under the IDEA under that circumstance with the claim being that the district um, failed to make you eligible under the IDEA. So okay. when we get a 504 case, um, we will consider filing for due process right away. So you, you do have um, 
recourse under um, under 504 to try to get something more. The problem is you won't have an evaluation by the district necessarily, so that you won't be able to trigger the independent evaluation requirement. Um, and so you'll have to get your own evaluation, but you can definitely challenge the 504 under the IDEA. Okay. So could we say then the basic advice is that if you have a kiddo that needs any kind of support services, stay on an IEP, don't go to a 504? Yeah. I mean, I don't see why there's ever an instance in which the 504 would be more helpful. Okay. All right. Well, that makes a certain amount of sense. Um, okay. So let's move on to the second question then, which is... Can I give you an example of sure. what the bad thing yeah. the did? Bad thing the district did. When the student was in kindergarten, parents were afraid that the student would be kicked out because he was at school on a permit. The parents kind of didn't really assert themselves about his autism diagnosis. I don't really know None. what that means. What does it mean that he was there on a permit? Ah, well, maybe we should do a whole show on permits. Okay, so per district policy, there are instances in which you're outside of the district, but you're allowed to attend school. Oh, okay. A work permit is probably the one people are most familiar with. But there are other reasons. You could be there on a, on a um, I'm trying to think what other things they do besides work permits. You could be there on an opportunity transfer from another district. You could be in a district that, that has um, zones of choice and they let you attend even if you're outside of the, the residence area. So, so when you're there on a permit, the permit is usually reviewed at least annually. Uh, and the concern is that if you're not there legally as a resident, they'll yank your permit. Yeah. So the parents were, dad was teaching in this district, and get this, his union representative said, I wouldn't bring up the issue of your kid having autism because the district might kick you out on your permit. Yeah. Okay, so that's really quite discriminatory. Um, and there's a permit appeal process, and when people are kicked out on a permit and they have a disability, there's a way to generally seek uh, stay put, uh, even if they don't have an IEP yet. But that's another discussion. But anyway, parent did not raise the issue of students' autism in kindergarten, but, but there was an SST meeting, a student study team meeting, because mom was trying to get him some help, just not an IEP, and she told the principal... He has an autism diagnosis from Dr. So-and-so, and, -so and the, prin the principal wrote it in the SST notes. So two years later, I'm looking at the SST notes, and I've got a district that was told the student has autism, and they did nothing further. So that, that that's a student that didn't have an IEP yet, but believe me, has one now, and now we're coming back for all the comp ed that the student is owed because he wasn't eligible for the first that's two years. Now you've opened up all these other questions for me, Bonnie. So if, <laughs> uh-oh. So if you, I can understand why a parent wouldn't want to tell a, a district when you're applying for a permit that your child had some sort of a diagnosis because it's going to cost them money. But, right. um, but can a parent get in trouble for applying for a permit and not disclosing that their child has special education needs? No. Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? But a school, once they're notified, whether the parent is asking for it or not, needs to be responsive and take care of the child regardless of whatever. And that's what we've been calling child find obligations. 
Love it. Okay. All right. Well, that's pretty exciting news there. Okay. I'm going to move. I'm going to move. FYI, yeah. FYI, yeah. in this particular district, there's aggressive enforcement of permits, which includes stuff like going to people's homes at 6 a.m. on a Saturday and knocking on the door to see if they're there or not. <sighs> yeah, because nobody is ever not home at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, you know, that's ridiculous to me. Uh, well, I, but I know that there are people who will lie about where they live to get into a school. Well, they will. I mean, look, people in California are desperate. We're like the 49th worst state for education. I, I was doing the whole hopscotch thing when I was bringing my kids up and trying to figure out where to put them in school. And my mother-in-law, who's, you know, like 47 years older than me, said, God, when my kids were school age, you just sent them to school. It wasn't a big deal like this. Yeah. So parents are desperate, but residency games are very dangerous. You can get in a lot of trouble for making a false statement to a governmental agency, which is what you do when you engage in residency fraud. So yeah. these these parents were in between a rock and a hard place. It's getting straightened out now. And one thing the district won't do is they won't try to kick them out on a permit once you have it, usually. The, as long as we're talking about this, I do want to add, when parents are divorced, there are district-specific rules about how this works, and they're not consistent. But the standard rule is, you know, if either parent lives in the district 50% uh, time, um, and, well, no, if either parent lives in the district and the student is with them 50% uh, of the time, uh, then the student can go to school there even if their other parent lives in another district. So we had a case with this same district that's so aggressive about the permit process, and they demanded that I show them the court order, Ray Custody. And I did a bunch of research, and I talked to Los Angeles County Office of Education and basically determined that there's no legal right for them to force you to give them your custody arrangement, your court-ordered custody arrangement, um, and that they can't come into your house absent a search warrant. So I wrote the attorney back and said, this is the living arrangement. Please provide me with the authority you have that says that the student, um, the student's family has to turn over their private familial custody arrangement and I um, consider the matter dropped because I haven't heard from the attorney in about three months after that letter. Did you snap when you said it? Did you do the little girlfriend snap? What, with the, you know, uh, what, what is your authority to, on which you're asking this? Because that, no, that's pretty good. As long as you're talking about snap, we are going to get to crack. Oh. So we, we need a couple minutes at the end for crack. So what's okay. the second question? I saw that you sent me a recipe. Okay, yeah, so, um, okay, second question. We finally got a diagnosis for my daughter in third grade, so we requested an IEP meeting. At the meeting, they said she doesn't qualify for services because she's passing. Is that true? We live in Washington. Okay, so in California, it's not true because edu unique needs extend to vocational and social. They're not limited to grades. Districts want to do it when they can, based on um on you know good grades so you have to you have to tease out the behavioral deficits the social deficits and the you know self-care adaptive stuff um which includes things like self-advocacy as well as you know more 
fine motor tasks or um, organizational tasks, stuff like that. So the answer is no, but they're going to make you prove it. Okay. I always am disheartened by this whole idea of, well, they can pass. As if that's what any of us really want to do in school is pass. What if this is a child who can pass on their own, but if they had a little bit of assistance, could get straight A's? Like, that doesn't well, seem fair to me. You know, that's that. those are the tough cases. There's no right to um, gifted academics. And IDEA basically was designed to get people into the classroom, yeah. not to make May students. So that's a bummer. I, don't that's, I don't think that's the right way to make the argument, unfortunately. Okay. Good to know. But it's the right thing, um, so I'm not going to let it go. But, but anyway, no, let's, let's go on right. to the third question so we have time to talk but, about the rest of it. You know, you're pointing to an important problem that we confront as, as parents that have been fighting for our kids with autism. Nobody knows better than us that we need maximization yeah. of support and standards, not, you know, basic floor of opportunity, even as modified by Andrew F. So, you know, we just we just keep demanding stuff that's probably in excess of faith, but we're characterizing it as faith. Well, and thus far, the Supreme Court, the, the most recent decision said that for autism, de minimis, the minimum isn't going to work. We don't have it defined yet what, what, you know, what level, not de minimis, but, you know, it's not the minimum. So I'm comforted by that. Let's see if we can hold on to that. Okay, moving on to our last question. Where can I go to find out my rights, uh, what my rights are in an IEP? I'm 16 and sick of people talking about me and not getting to say anything. So this is the person who, it is the IEP about them. This is the student. And what are their rights, Bonnie? Well, it's a very appropriate question, but they don't actually have the right to take over their special education decision-making until they're 18. But the reason we write the individualized transition plan at 16 is so that the person can begin to start thinking about these questions. And if this student is willing to participate in the IEP, I think that's great. And if he does start participating, he surely will be ready by the time his educational rights are transferred over to him. I'd say, you know, good sources of information in, in California would be uh, Disability Rights Legal Center has a lot of publications that are free Googleable publications that teach you about IDEA. I was just looking at one that I'm planning on using for the show on assessments. Uh, there is um, Rights Law, which everybody is familiar with. Um, and now I'm blanking on the, the third source that I, that I wanted to tell you about that we use a lot. Um, it'll come to me in a second. But if you start to Google around on the internet, and you put in your specific questions, uh, you will be able to find a lot of information on the web. One of the things you'll be able to find is in terms of your idea rights, if you start looking at the IDEA, you will see that the school district has a lot of duties and they have to let you know when they're, when they're proposing to do something or they're refusing to do something, um, you know, what the reasons are that they're proposing or, uh, or refusing. I can send some general IDEA resources for folks that I think are really well written and understandable. The third source is Protection and Advocacy, another fabulous California organization. They've done a lot of trailblazing writing, including a, I don't know, a five or six or seven year 
uh, project writing about the use of restraints and seclusion. So 16-year-old, you sound really pulled together, smart and articulate. We're going to give you some resources so you can learn about how you can self-advocate. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And so we wanted to save time at the end for you to talk about crack. Uh, and I see that you have sent me a recipe to post. So uh, this is for a recipe. The, the title of it is called Christmas Crack. And Christmas. do you want to tell us what's in this, Bonnie? Yeah. Tell me how many minutes or seconds we have left. We, uh, we, we got about like six minutes left. So you got time. Oh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm rolling in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so this is actually a recipe that I guess where I'm going to begin is I went to a lovely party at Shannon's house, a housewarming party, and I was thinking this morning that the things that you don't know about people are, you know, at least as interesting as the things you do know. So Shannon, in a very short time, had transformed her house into this Christmassy scene with lots of little cute decorations and a beautiful tree. And it was, it's like our first holiday party that we went to and it definitely got us into the spirit. So I was thinking that it might be fun to tell the listeners a couple things about me that they don't know that might be more interesting than Very what cool. they do. I love so, it. So one thing, and I'm certainly not going to do it on the air, do not get any ideas, but I do have a puppetry act. Oh, <gasps> Bonnie. It will never be on Autism Live, okay? It will never be on Autism Live. Um, second of all, I, I do like to bake, although I really give it a wide berth because first I bake, and then I have a beautiful glass dish that baked goods go under, and, you know, I'm wearing my jeans today, so I don't need to tell you anymore about why I have to keep it in check, but I'm also really obsessed with the hairstyles in Pinterest, and okay. so when you, look at, when you look at Pinterest with all their fancy braiding and this thing and natting, there's inevitably recipe after recipe for stuff you can bake, and so I am going to be making some Christmas cookies uh, for special valuable people in my life, like Dr. Ann Simon, who is an amazing neuropsychologist in West LA who just helps kids every time I turn around, but hope she's not listening because that'll ruin the surprise. So it's called Christmas Crack, but it's really not Christmas Crack. It's really non-denominational. It's holiday crack. So that's... that's the recipe that I sent you. That's the goodie for today. Haven't made it before, but I'll just tell you it's saltine crackers covered with a caramel sauce and then dipped in um, dark chocolate. And so it says it's super, super easy. You've made this before? Oh, I haven't made it before, but it is super easy because you start with saltine crackers. Uh, this is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so uh, apologies to the gluten-free, casein-free folks out there I, I i'm another thing to know about me is i'm not doing a ketogenic diet i'm not gluten-free i'm not casein-free i'm not a vegetarian um you know etc so especially at the holiday time i'm, I'm gonna let myself sort of you know have a little fun with white sugar and chocolate. And well, like I'm looking at the recipe, and I don't think it would be that difficult to convert it into a gluten-free because they make gluten-free crackers now. Oh, well, there you go. And they make uh, dairy-free butter, and they make dairy-free chocolate. So um, that's basically, uh, it's brown sugar. 
butter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think you can absolutely make this gluten-free, casein-free. And it looks like the other thing about it is that it's a fairly easy thing to clean up. Like when you say dipped in chocolate, my mind immediately pictures me with chocolate all over my house, all over my person, and, yeah. and I get scared. But, no, uh, but this shows that you do it in a pan and they have you line the pan uh, beforehand. I'm watching the little, uh, there's a tutorial video. We'll get this posted uh, I'm, I'm for people. I'm about parchment paper. I'm really not into dirty pans. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this bakes in the pan and then you basically uh, pull the wrapper off and throw everything else away. And you're pouring the chocolate over the top of it so that it looks like it's been dipped in, but you don't have to like take a fork and dip anything. So uh, great video on here displaying the whole thing. It looks super duper easy. Interest. Okay, do I have one minute for reading stuff? Yes, you do. Go like, for it. My commitment to reading. So we left off last week about the signs that you saw in preschool uh, that might suggest that your child had a nonverbal learning disorder or dyslexia or a specific learning disability. The, the publication is, uh, is called Dyslexia Guidelines. It's put out by the state of California, and we're going to get through this. It's a quite a thick pamphlet, so I'm going to abbreviate. Um, but I want to get you the high concepts because we do know that there's a subset of kids with autism that have trouble learning how to read, and we want to talk about ultimately what are helpful reading interventions for children with autism uh, that can get you over the hump. But we're not quite there yet, because where we left off was things you'll see in kindergarten. So today, I'm just going to give you some info on the, on the things that you'll see that become problems first grade or after, okay? And so if, you're, if your child is displaying any of these signs, it's time to think about whether uh, focused assessment about specific learning disabilities indicated. So in K-1, kids develop phonological awareness, which is a fancy way of saying they learn how to sound out the, 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 the letters and words and make word sounds come out. So kids with these reading disorders, they, they can't do that. They can't sound out words. Um, they um, start having problems with things like longer sentences, and um, they can't learn the rules of phonics. Um, they have difficulty with, with uh, spelling for obvious reasons. They can't rhyme a simple word like fan with can. They can't take the word can and say, okay, well, if you substitute the N for a P, you get C-A-P cap. They can't take a word like rainbow and say it consists of two words, rain and bow. If you throw them the word dog and you ask them to sound it out, they, they may not be able to do dog. They have name of alphabet confusion. They have sound letter correspondence problems. They can't read um, words without um, a lot of heavy visual support. Or the words that they're reading might make no sense based on what's on the page. Um, they can't track words in oral reading. Um, and they're reading avoidant, which makes me so sad, but that's what you tend, tend to see with the specific learning disability kids. When they don't get the reading help they need, by fifth grade, you see kids that have, or third grade, you have kids that have severe anxiety disorders. And, you know, my little 
teachable moment was taking a dance class once, and I'm kind of slightly dyslexic, my left and right foot I'm not very fast with. It took me twice as long as everyone else in the class to learn the routine, and I thought, this is what it must feel like. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody else getting it, it's easy, they're having fun, and for you, you know, you're the odd person out. So um, those are some, you know, some things that are clear indicators that something's not going right. And then, you know, the next period of time is kind of the, the third to eighth or the fourth to eighth when the expectations are really increased in terms of what a student can do. You go from what they call learning to read to reading to learn. So the curriculum becomes heavily dependent on the student actually being able to learn through reading. And so you have problems with, you know, comprehension, vocabulary, and fluency as those become more important along with the increased writing demand. So that's kind of your profile for a student that, um, in addition to his autism, may be developing a nonverbal learning disorder or reading disorder. And um, it's not fair. It's not fair for somebody to have more than one disability. It's not fair for somebody to have one disability. Um, but what we figure is because of the reality that a subpopulation of kids with autism have these other disabilities, we want to talk about them and give you resources for them. So I will be following up with more resources as we go on in our discussion about this. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Bonnie. And, and by the way, I'm not going to gloss over this puppet thing. You know, um, I'm a puppet person, too. So, okay, well, let's have your puppet on the show. Well, let's, no, I'm saying let's, let's go, let's go do a fundraiser puppets. Let's you and I do a okay, puppet show gonna, for a fundraiser. We're going to have your puppets people call my puppets. People. All right. I will, I will arrange to do that. We'll have a puppet okay. discussion. Okay. Uh, you will see, cause you didn't get to through see the, my, through the puppets, right? <laughs> you didn't get to see my one woman show. There's puppets in yes. my one woman show, Bonnie. Uh, so we'll here. have to talk. All right. Uh, thank you so much. We will post the Christmas crack recipe because uh, that's our goodie for the day. And we want to remind people again, how do you get a hold of here, G and Chow? Uh, let's see. www.lawyer4children.com or 310-391-0330. And I wasn't kidding about those intakes. Absolutely. If you are at a place right now where you need some help and support, now is the time to give them a call. Here, G and Chow, lawyer for, that's the number for children.com. Uh, check out their website. Even if you live far away, the web website is a really good resource. Bonnie, thank you as always for being with us. You add so much to the show. All right. I'll take, talk to you soon. All right. Talk, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to welcome to the show Stephanie Middleman, we're going to be talking about these fabulous Sensi's items that I've got all over the desk. Don't forget, a little bit later on in the hour, we have Stephanie Tiger from Imperial Toys and Brian Turtle from Endless Games. So stick with us. Our twins, Justin and Jessica, were premature babies. 
So we always were very conscientious of their development, but I think it was probably 15 months, Justin started getting really obsessive compulsive with opening and closing doors. And Justin started tantruming a lot too. These would be major tantrums that were just completely debilitating to the family. Having to take them out of the house, put them in the car, drive around, just to calm them down. Yeah, I remember a breaking point and just thinking, you know what, we gotta do something, this is not right. Once we were on the track to getting a diagnosis for autism, we started sharing that with our close friends and family. It just so happens that somebody from our older daughter's private school called us out of the blue. She introduced herself and she says, I know that recovery is possible. Those words so early in our journey were a guiding force for us. As we got more educated in knowing what is effective therapies for kids with autism, we realized quality ABA is vital to that progress. That's where we decided that CARD was the right provider for us and for our son. Justin responded very well to therapy. The behaviors were tracked and we saw that what was being instituted was working. Justin, what are you doing? You are coloring, good for you. There was real progress, and it was progress that was tangible. I just remember when he, he made a sentence, he said a sentence, we were just happy about it, going, no way, I can't believe you just did that. What's the date? The 18th. 18th of what month? December. Oh, what year is it? 2007. Oh, okay, so how old are you today then? The therapies that CARD did for Justin didn't just impact his daily living skills, but it was a positive impact on our entire family. I'm Justin. I am in fourth grade. I like playing video games sometimes. My dream to build a teleporter machine. Like sometimes if like we're on an airplane and it's like really long, you guys just say, oh, hurry up with that teleporting machine. I'm waiting on you. And, <laughs> and I just started Friday Night Lights. This is our third game of the season, and um, it's pretty fun. You have to be fast. We attribute so much of Justin's recovery to CARD. Their goal was the same as our goal. We wanted Justin recovered. June 12, 2008 is a day that I celebrate every year because that is the day that Justin was deemed recovered from autism. And Dr. Doreen Grandpiche met with us, looked at him and just said, he's brilliant. You need to keep his mind stimulated because he's very smart and he has no residual traits of autism. Hi, I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're at the ABCs and XYZs of Special Needs Conference. And this year, for the first time, they've got something really remarkable. It's the Entrepreneurial Boutique. 
These are all items that have been made and are being sold by individuals who have special needs. So we're going to do a little shopping and talk to some of these fabulous entrepreneurs. Come on. My name is Molly Rarick and I'm founder of Breed's Gift. We're a nonprofit that serves teens and adults with special needs like Chase here. Uh, we were founded in 2013 and serve people in the Conejo Valley, Santa Barbara, and LA. Our main objective is to give our participants the skills they need to gain a more independent life. My name is Shelly Cox and um, Lisa Zalagi and I are founders of Creative Steps and Create Micro Business Enterprises. And the, the items that we're selling here today are all made by the clients who have uh, passions about what they want to make and then they get the profits from what they make after we've paid all of the other expenses. We are here today because um, I, my goal is to be independent and also I would like to share all my artwork and I would like to sell. Thinking about at his young age being a businessman, you know, it's, it's amazing. I cannot be more proud. What is autism? 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 Uh, <laughs> I've been asking myself that for a very, very long time. Um, let me think about that one. <laughs> um, trying to uh, just. Uh... Jeez, let me think. <laughs> oh man, that's a big one. Yes. Uh, autism. Uh, autism is a neurological disorder that affects many of our kids in different ways. It's a learning disability that affects the cognitive functions of the brain. A lot of people have the misconception that it's a disability and it's really not. I look at it as like a special gift. When one person thinks differently from another. It's an opportunity for everyone to learn to understand someone that's a little different than them. Autism is the ability to educate. They're given so much talent in different areas. To me, autism means a chance to be with and be around people you really care about. Autism is beautiful. It's a way of seeing the world differently. It's always unique, totally intelligent, and sometimes mysterious. Happiness that, that, that comes out of my um, son's um, hard work. It's a movement. Unpredictable. That's right. Awesome. Love. The field I want to work in. Laughter. Fun. Joy. Autism is beautiful to me. I want you to remember these three words. There is hope. Welcome back to Autism Live. I'm here with a desk full of really, in fact, I'm going to move my iPad out of the way so that you can see more things. I'm going to close it up. We're just going to get rid of it because I've got some really cool things that I'm going to want you to see. We're featuring right now Sensi's and there's a full line of things that we're going to talk about. And I believe I've been told that we have uh, Stephanie Michaelman from Sensi's with, uh, with us on Skype. Stephanie, are you there? I am. Hi. Oh, hello. I'm so glad you're here with us. 
Um, so we've been a fa fan of Sensi's for a while, and we're really thrilled this year to have given you guys an award for one of the best things to give. I, I think this is one of the best things that you can give a teen or an adult who's on the autism spectrum, who's a sensory seeker. Um, we met you guys, I, I want to say it was like two or three years ago at an Autism Society of America conference, and I just thought your, your items were so cool. But I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the Sensi's company and what you guys do. Sure, thank you. And, and in fact, I remember that conference. It was a wonderful time. I, I think it was in New Orleans, and um, there were some amazing people there. Um, so, you know, it's so wonderful for us to get a chance to meet, uh, you know, people that use and love our products. I don't know. Uh, Stephanie, hang on one second. Have I, can you make sure that she's in my ear? Oh, now I've got her. Okay, Stephanie, I've got you now. I lost my sound for a minute. Are you there? Hi. Well, I've, I've got a lot of buzzing. Is that what our audience is hearing too? Christian, do you know? I want to make sure we have good audio. Uh, you know what? We're going to take a short break, Stephanie. I'm going to call you on the phone, and let's see if we okay. can get better sound going. All right? Stick with us, you guys. We're going to come back, because I want you to hear what she's saying. I want to hear too. All right, stick with us. What is autism? 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 Uh, <laughs> I've been asking myself that for a very, very long time. Um, let me think about that one. <laughs> um, trying to uh, just. Uh... Let me think. <laughs> oh man, that's a big one. Yes. Uh, autism. Uh, autism is a neurological disorder that affects many of our kids in different ways. It's a learning disability that affects the cognitive functions of the brain. A lot of people have the misconception that it's a disability and it's really not. I look at it as like a special gift. When one person thinks differently from another. It's an opportunity for everyone to learn to understand someone that's a little different than them. Autism is the ability to educate. They're given so much talent in different areas. To me, autism means a chance to be with and be around people you really care about. Autism is beautiful. It's a way of seeing the world differently. It's always unique, totally intelligent, and sometimes mysterious. Happiness that, that, that comes out of my um, son's um, hard work. It's a movement. Unpredictable. That's, That's right. right. Awesome. Love. The field I want to work in. Laughter. Fun. Joy. Autism is beautiful to me. I want you to remember these three words. There is hope. Welcome back. So we were having a little bit of audio problems. Stephanie is on the phone with us. So we can hear you on the phone, Stephanie. And if you need a minute to take care of your computer, uh, we can. I, I can talk a little bit about these amazing products while you're doing that. Because I love Sensi's. And so as I said before, we have Stephanie. Is it Middleman or Michaelman? It's Middleman. Middleman. Well, I like that. That's yeah. wonderful. And uh, <laughs> she's coming to us. You're. I, I understand you're in Canada. Is that yes, correct? Yes, we are. We're located in Montreal. Fabulous. I love Montreal. Montreal's beautiful. 
um, have friends who have gone to McGill. So love, love taking a trip to Montreal. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. <laughs> so It is a great place. In fact, I, I used to teach at McGill for a number of years, and now I teach uh, at Concordia. Oh, how lovely. How wonderful. Yeah, it's a very yeah. small world. Well, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about Sensi's and how you guys created these amazing products. Oh, well, thank you. We, we love talking to, um, to you know, people that are using our products and love them. And um, we, we originally created them uh, for, for our son. And so it was a very personal journey. Um, you know, when our son was three years old, uh, he had a lot of trouble sitting in one place. And so, you know, on the range of, of issues, you know, that could have been a problem, uh, for him it was very much about n not being able to sit still in one place long enough to, you know, eat a sandwich at the table or be able to, you know, complete a task or do, you know, do reading or something like that, which he loved to do. So it was an occupational therapist that um, suggested that some kids really like vibrations. And um, we, you know, we wondered if that would be something that would help with, uh, with our son. And I, I sort of went on a hunt for things that, you know, had vibrations to them, primarily that he could just sit on or be able to, you know, squeeze. Um, and all I was really able to, um, to find was a very big, heavy mat um, that at the time had to be plugged into a wall. So there were wires, and it was quite large, and it, it really looked, um, it looked strange. And he looked strange sitting on it. <laughs> so, but, but I put it down at the kitchen table, and I put him on it, and he sat there for the first time and ate his whole sandwich. Wow. Um, that had to have been a, yeah, a, a light bulb moment. It was quite amazing. It was really quite a moment. And, you know, I think a lot of us now know so much more years later into autism and sensory processing. Um, but at the time, you know, when we're first sort of starting out, we don't, we don't all have the same information or the tools about understanding sensory and sensory seekers and, you know, and, and what that processing is about. Yeah, I was saying the other day when we were sort of teasing that we were going to have you on the show, you know, um, when I had my son, they had those uh, bouncy chairs that kids would sit in. And do I need to move the mic placement on this? No? Okay. So, um, and you could, uh, you had the choice that you could have the chair vibrate or not. And it was okay. very interesting talking with other moms about some moms would say, oh, their baby, absolutely. They would turn on the vibration and their, their child would go immediately to sleep. Other kids, it was the exact opposite reaction. And it, it's just interesting that, you know, if we have a kiddo that loves that, that, like that little jiggle and that little bit of noise and it helps to soothe them when they're a baby, why is it that nobody before you thought about the fact that they might like that and need that when they're a little bit older? So these are a tremendous gift, you guys, when you don't know what to get somebody else. Because one of the things that I love about them, Stephanie, you make them in all different sizes and shapes and colors and textures. This one that I'm holding up right now is a soccer ball and it's super soft. It's wonderful. It can be used as a seat cushion. I love that you have the, what do they call those? Carb carpenter clips that um, that clip on so you can put it on a backpack and they can take it with them to oh, school. Oh, yeah, the, the, the clips. 
I love these clips. Yeah, so, so, so they're designed to, to travel with them. You can throw them onto a, you know, onto a backpack or, you know, when you're traveling, kids take them all over the place. And for people who are like, well, I'm not sure if they want the vibration or not. So the wonderful thing about these, they zip open and inside is the ability to put vibration so that it, it's on or it's not. So it could just be a wonderful cushion for the kiddo, or you can choose to do the vibration or not. So there's no way you're gonna miss on one of these gifts. And if they're not into soccer, I just wanna point out, cause I have the same thing in orange here, um, hot orange. And, and you make a whole line of things. This one is a hot and cold pack that you can put this, um, in the, the freezer and make it cold so that it can be a boo-boo thing um, or make it warm because some kids like warm, some kids like cold. I love this one for an older teen. We had this, uh, we, we showed this uh, on the show. I'm gonna just take it out of the packaging. So it looks like a man's shirt. Imagine giving this to somebody who's off to college. So it looks like a man's <laughs> shirt. But, uh, and, and oh, I just made the other thing vibrate, this oh, one. No. Now, I don't have an image of you on my screen, but I, I think you're pulling out our flannel. Oh, it's and it feels so good, you guys. And it's the kind of thing where they can hug it and put it on their bed at college and have it. But if they're having some anxiety, they can hug it and feel vibration. And it's just enough that it's very soothing and wonderful. I love, love, love this one. But you know, one of our favorites, and I gotta say, then I gotta get to the big one here. But one of our favorites that everybody has enjoyed so much is, I, I don't know whether he's uh, a sea urchin or what he is. He's got blue little feet and he's fuzzy. Um, well, he's, 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 um, he's part octopus, part jellyfish. Oh, jellyfish. So That's the word I was plushy, looking for. Or plushy jelly. And, and he's so soft. And there's something about the size of him that's just the perfect size. But he has a little button here that is, you can hear the noise of the vibration when I push it. Um, so what a wonderful, perfect hand size thing for somebody to have and push. I can picture a younger kid using this and having this to calm anxiety, but I can also picture uh, kids studying for tests and using these to calm themselves. Super duper fabulous. But okay, this is like the granddaddy of the whole situation here. So this is what they call the three-in-one adaptable. And this one is in a lovely uh, camo, but it comes in different uh, flavors. And it's got the vibration, it's got the hot cold pack, and it's weighted too. And we've talked on the show before about the, the benefits of weighted things. I was just on the phone with somebody last night talking with them about how uh, they had given their child a weighted blanket and the difference that they saw in their child. But you can't always take a blanket everywhere, right? Where you can take one of these lovely, um, and, and it is weighted, so it's a little bit heavy, me holding it up. But there's something about there's, pressure. There's a handle on, on one end. There's a handle that's a carrying handle. On the pillow itself. I've got it still on the box, the Stephanie. So I'm, I'm displaying oh, okay. it in the box. But they're, they're soup. These are fabulous. And I love that part of your logo has somebody hugging. And it's got the parentheses to show that there's vibration. Um, because that's exactly what I think about. I think about people hugging them. Now, when I was at the conference that you guys were at a couple of years ago, it was funny because during breaks, everyone was going over and hugging a pillow. Everyone. 
the the children, I, the I teens, right? wonderful yes and, you know i mean it was like nobody could help themselves it was you know they were congregating <laughs> in your booth to hug a pillow while they were talking to people and and it really speaks to because at, at an autism society co conference you really do get the range there's people that are there with their little kids there's people there with their i was there with my teenager and had uh what had a friend who was an ot that had her teenagers there and people are coming in with their kids. And then at an Autism Society of America conference, you have more adults on the spectrum than any other place in the world. And they were all coming over and hugging pillows and playing with pillows. So uh, these are remarkable, remarkable gifts. And I, and I just want to keep reiterating that there, it isn't just the vibration. Because uh, different people, different things, but they do vibrate. And for people who want the vibration, they're not going to find it th in this format in another um, item. They're really fabulous. But even for somebody who's not all about the vibration, um, they're super fabulous. We really love them. Can you tell? <laughs> I, I have enjoyed this conversation. I, I, I love hearing other people talk so passionately about Sensi's um, in the same way that we do, because we feel the same way as well. And and we know that the pillows help people, and, and we know that people enjoy them. And certainly there's a lot of people with autism um, that use the pillows. And then we've also got people with sensory processing, yeah. um, you know, differences, and ADD, ADHD, um, anxiety. Uh, you know, so there's a whole range of, of people that use the pillows and get comfort from them. So, you know, we can't help but boast a little, too, and smile, and, and it's really lovely for us to hear other people I'm be so as glad. excited about them as we are. So, Stephanie, where do, where do, obviously people, we put the purchase button on our toy guide, which you can get on either of our websites, and it's free to get the toy guide, and you just push the, the button to purchase but where what is your website so they can go and purchase them right on your website sure thank you and i'm happy to throw out a code to you guys too for a discount oh um, we like that yeah. <laughs> yes who doesn't like a discount code <laughs> that's right um so the, the website is senses.com okay s-e-e-z.com okay so, uh, and the code, it'll give you 20% off of everything. If you type it in at checkout, you can just type in autism. Okay, so type in autism at checkout, and you can get 20% off of everything that you order. I, that is so sweet. I didn't know that you were going to do that, so that's fabulous. Um, get uh, this for, uh, you know, I really think if you have a teenager that you need to get something for on the spectrum, this is just a no-brainer. Right, but you can do this with even younger. You've got things that are marked what six and up. Actually, yeah, we we started that um, at that range. Actually, four and up, but we oh, this our, is three our two and kid up. lines. Um, yeah. The the um, orange and the soccer ball that you were talking about are our kid lines, and those are made out of vinyl that are great for things like daycares and classrooms and travel. Great. Um, because they're easy to clean. And those say and three and up. Exactly, three and up, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then we also have the animal-shaped ones, the cow and the turtle and the and the jellyfish. Those are also our, you know, three and up children products, but we, we recommend those more for home because they're plushy animals, yeah. like, um, like, you know, like teddy bear kind of material. Oh, I've sat here um, and, and just loved up this uh, this little guy here, he's, he's just so soft. 
He's so soft. And every once in a while, you get a little buzz. you guys you got to check it out www.senseez and it's spelled s-e-n-s-e-e-z.com i am so sorry but i'm out of time but thank you so much for making these they're so clever and we we loved featuring them in our guide this year that's wonderful thank you for taking the time to share them with your your viewers thank you so much remember put in the word autism at checkout and they'll give you a 20 percent discount thank you stephanie thank you have a great day happy holidays bye-bye you too bye-bye okay we gotta hurry and get to break because i believe that stephanie tiger is here and i can't wait to talk about imperial toys so don't go away Hi, welcome back to Autism Live and the Festival of Toys continues. I'm here with Charlie Denocker and she's our toy expert for 2018. We're here right now to show you one of our other award winners. This is the Zoom Tubes Car Tracks and it won the Teen and Tween Sensory Award. It's the hot toy out this year. You've seen it on all the television ads, right? It lights up, so it is a sensory thing. They like to watch it go round and round. You can do it with lights on, lights off. Charlie, show them what this puppy can do. And as it, there, you heard it go, it's really loud. You can do it in all different kinds of shapes. Uh, the kids have a great time putting it together, so it's wonderful. Thank you for demoing that for us. We've got some other things that we want to show you, too. I'm just going to move this out of the way. Uh, so let's show them Funky Chicken. Uh, and Funky Chicken, this is our parent award-winning game, but anybody can play this. So go ahead and unzip it. It's a deck of cards and easy to play with anybody. You take them. Everybody has different colors. And it's another one of those games that comes to us from North Star Games where it's interactive, where you have to get get up and do the funky chicken dance and you have to turn around and bump fists and do all these fun things super we had a good time playing this yeah, did it was we really not fun, yeah. okay and what about monster match match did you like monster match we played I did, yesterday i did yeah it's also really fun um yeah I, I think it's great because i didn't expect it to be for all ages but i had a really great time playing it honestly and we put it as the teen and tween uh board game <laughs> award but um one of the things that I want to remind you is that you can play this with younger kids. When we tested all these games with younger kids, we played this with a lot of younger kids, and it got raucous. It got really, really raucous. Yeah. It helps them to count and to view things and to be able to do things quick with fluency. So Monster Match, another North Star game that we absolutely love. But I have to say, one of our favorite games this year, <laughs> honestly, and, and we're both going to start giggling already, Cat Crimes yes. from Think Fun. Yes. This game we cannot stop talking about. Uh, it won the Teen and Tween Parent Award um, because it's a logic game, but this game is so deceptive how much fun it is. We played uh, we played separately and then we played together, and then you had your sister play this. Yeah. And she proved to be some sort of weird genius. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was super easy for her and it was super hard for us. Very hard for uh, us. But can you describe? for them a little bit about what this is yeah so basically there's each game there's different cards that will have a cat 
like committing a different crime. And, and you gotta you, solve the puzzle, yeah, sort to, of? Yeah, so it has a bunch of different clues that you have to try to figure out the positions of the cats and find out which cat actually did it. So it's, you know what it reminds me of is the old game Clue. Yeah, exactly. It's like, kind of like Clue. But there's a, but you can play it by yourself. Yeah, you can you, play it by yourself. And you could play it, and, and you can pick, do you want an easy game or do you want a hard game? Um, but and it gets really hard. It does get really <laughs> hard. And we laughed ourselves sideways. Yes. Did we not? People were like, what are you doing? You're having way too much fun at work. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed it. All of the games that Think Fun are Teach Logic, and which is the beginning of programming so um, we thought that this was super super fun really want to recommend it and again it did win our tween and teen parent award because super fun but it gets you learning and thinking and using your brain and deducting yeah how yeah. things are gonna go so uh, for that future forensic scientist in your in your life <laughs> uh, or the future computer programmer cat crimes really really fun and I guess for your average person, too, because neither one of us is forensics. <laughs> yes. or, uh, so there you go. Uh, cat Crimes, Think Fun, get yourself some Zoom tubes, and definitely try out. We love North Star card games. Last year, Happy Salmon was one of our winners. Still love that. They make some really fun games. All right, stay tuned for more from our Festival of Toys. Welcome back to the live show here at Autism Live, and I'm Shannon Penrod, and I'm here with Kristen Zimmer. We thought we were bringing you Stephanie Tiger, and you know, it's a busy time of year, but I'm thrilled that you could be here, and you have to give our love to Stephanie Tiger because we just love her, um, but thrilled that you're here from Imperial Toys. What is your role at Imperial Toys, if you don't um, mind my asking? Well, thanks so much, Shannon. We are thrilled to be here as well. I am the head of licensing and marketing okay. um, and it is just such a pleasure to actually be here in person to talk about some of the great things that we have as, as part of our our uh, assortment as well as you know that have we found great impact with the autism community so well and we in fact featured two of your different toys in our autism live 2018 toy and gift guide I have been saying for the longest time that bubbles are the, the be-all, end-all, the beginning and the end for me when we're working with a kiddo who's on the autism spectrum. Because the things that you can do with a, a lovely jar of bubbles, and nobody makes bubbles better than Imperial, you, if you've never heard of Imperial Toys before, it's because you weren't looking at the jar, because you can go to almost any store and get... Uh, a jar of bubbles and if you look at them they'll say imperial toys on them because they are the the bubble maker um, and in particular we featured in our gift guide the the blitz bubbles because this is you know the gr grandpappy of all bubbles that you're never going to run out of bubbles uh, and things to do when you have the blitz bubbles we also um, you know one of the many things that you can do is uh, put them in the Blitz Bubble Fantasia. And uh, I think I think we're ready to go if okay. you want to push it for Let's one see. minute. But it's intense. Uh, yes, it will oh. start to blow bubbles all over our studio. And before long, you won't be able to see us. Yes. Uh, can you imagine what happens? Because we have done this at events. I think that's good, because they're going to yeah. get on the lenses. Um, this is a pretty small studio. Do you, do you know, can you all imagine what happens when you are at an event, a birthday party, 
or we've been um, to outdoor walks and things like that, and we turn on the Blitz Bubble Fantasia, and it's over. Man, the kids come over, and they are lost. They are so excited. They're, you know, honestly, it's the happiest of happy places for them to stand in the bubbles. Yeah, and, and to us, it's so special. We believe that... First, Blitz is our premium bubble solution, and uh, it is our top-tier bubble solution that you can find pretty much at all retailers, and it's the magic of the bubble. It brings a child to life, and we get calls all the time about how it has made a difference in, in children's lives. Absolutely. If you um, are starting therapy and you have a young child and you're trying to acquire language, I can tell you that your therapist will require that you have bubbles on hand because it is the single best thing for teaching language and sound production. Mm -hmm. Now, let's pause for a second to take that in. The single best thing. We're always looking for stimuli that will encourage language. Okay, but one of the first sounds that children make is the buh sound. Mm -hmm and they love bubbles. Bubbles are reinforcing. We talk about this all the time on the show. You have to have something that's reinforcing. So the therapist dips the, the bubble, you know, the wand in the bubble solution, and they say, buh, 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 and then they blow, and a bubble comes out. And they do this over and over and over again. The child comes over, is all excited about it, and you can see within like two minutes, the child's mouth starts to anticipate what the therapist is saying and they start going without the sound first but then you know the therapists are so good at this because they'll pause they'll go buh buh and they won't say the third one and the child goes right and then eventually they figure out how to say the buh and if we can get the buh the first buh it's game on mm -hmm. right there are some kids that have other issues that we have to work harder to get to that buh but if, and usually with our kids with autism, if they don't have anything else like apraxia, we can get to that buh pretty quickly. And then they shape that buh into a bub and then into a bubbles. But the thing that the, the, the key is that they're requesting, what we talk about on the show is manding, they're requesting the bubbles. They want the bubble and they start to link up when I say buh or bub or bubble, I get bubbles and it's what they want. It works like magic it's magical it's so magical and it's been such a, a a impact to be part of something like that and then also with the eye mobility and flexibility interaction that oh. it also can start to ignite has just it's a very oh. powerful we haven't even started to talk about when they start to blow the bubbles a lot of our kids who are behind in language have not built up the muscles around their mouth the way a typical kid who's exploring language and, and babbling. So our kids are behind and we need to get them caught up. Mm -hmm. And so teaching them how to blow and to put your mouth in a position to blow helps to get the muscles going, mm -hmm. to get them caught up. Then there is that they want to pop the bubbles. So there's the visual tracking okay. to be able to do that, which actually helps with writing and reading later on. You want something that does it all. I'm telling you, it's bubbles. It's one of the least expensive things on the market mm -hmm. to get, and it is one of the best things that there is. Um, and and a, a jar of Blitz Bubbles, this will take you a while to go through. Yeah. Realistically. 
Even if you're using the Fantasia, it'll take you a while. Okay, but the whole time I've been sitting here and playing with googly balls while I've been talking. This was another award winner for us because this is a great sensory toy. We said for younger kids, but truth matter, it's great for everybody. Every adult that we have taken these anywhere, I can't stop. It's And it's so lovely. They smell good and they you know they've got all this hair but you can you can squeeze them it's so i don't reinforcing yeah it, it, the tactile element and oh. this is one of the toys that we've created as is part of you know our sensory tactile toys and it is just been we the massive googly which is this toy and the, it has a whole collection of other googlies in the set but the massive one has really taken on a life of its own and um you know some of the feedback we've gotten we've heard stories about you know there's um a customer who respond sent us an email about you know that their uh brother has been using a he has um i'm not sure exactly what he is wrong with him exactly but he, he will go through um you know and just like to help him with sensory overload just hit them together yes. and we have just worked so hard to give toys like this as a special you know uh outlet for uh children who need you know what a fabulous sensory thing. stimulation yes so. so for those sensory seekers you know it's soft but then it's gushy but one of the things that we were talking about on the show yesterday that i don't know if you know this here at the center for autism and related disorders they do a lot of research mm -hmm. and they've been able to phenotype autism down to seven so far specific types of autism that they are kids that you know have you know certain markers that uh, make them of a certain phenotype. So there's one version of autism, and I know this specifically because my kiddo was one of those kids, that they, these are kids who have visual tracking problems, okay? So uh, we first see this when they're trying to catch a ball. And it, it's frustrating for them and for the people working on it and for the parents. And I can tell you from my experience, when my son, we worked on catching a ball and it wasn't going well. And I said, I don't, like, don't torture him with it. He's not going to grow up to be a baseball player. So what? Go, move on. Right? Typical response from a parent. But then we saw that there were other things that he was having difficulty with. Like he was having difficulty riding a bike. He was having difficulty, um, he didn't have problems reading, but later on they said to us he should have. He just enjoyed reading so much. But he was kind of clumsy and he would bump into things. Well, in CARD's research, they discovered that all of these things go hand in hand. And if you look backwards, the skill that is the issue is the ability to track. So it's hard to catch a ball because your visual tracking isn't working the way we would like it to, to be able to read and write. That's the other thing. His handwriting was atrocious. And no matter what we did, it, his handwriting was atrocious. So um, they found that the, the core skill to work on those things is to catch a ball. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to let that slide and say, well, I guess he's not going to be a ball player. We want to go back and really work on the catching a ball. But we got to make it more reinforcing for them because it's frustrating. And there is something about the hair on this and the fact that you can grip it and, mm -hmm. and grab a hold of it that makes it easier to catch. And you enjoy it more when you catch it. And it doesn't hurt when you get hit in the face, which is what happens to so many kids who aren't tracking. So it'll bounce off their face and they catch it and they're excited to have, because they get the reward of holding it. So I'm holding in my hands 
the potential to help handwriting, to help reading, to help riding a bike, and, you, and all of those things are needed in order to drive a car right here in a googly ball that's so super fun. So we love Imperial Toys. Imperial Toys, for those of you who don't know, has supported Autism Live at all kinds of events. Um, we have been at Autism Walks where we have given away a, a, a jar of bubbles to every single person and turned it into a bubble fest because of Imperial Toys. We just are impressed with you guys and with your devotion to autism and how you have shown up for autism it has not gone unnoticed and i hope you know that oh thank you so much shannon yes you know autism um in the autism community are such a, a special cause for us and we continue to be out there uh you know seeking to develop new products that really can you know help in the development and innovation in the community and you know it's it's for all children, really, it's, you know, the importance and the awareness of play in the development of children is a huge message that is part of us. You know, our mission is first and fun, but, you know, it really active play in the development and understanding that of, of what it takes to get there is so much of what we're a part of. And, and you know, to be part of something that can help in that development and awakening the spirit of a child or a person with autism is just the, one of our you know, core um, focuses. So well, you're you. hitting it out of the park, and I said so. Um, so if people are looking for Imperial Toys, they're pretty much everywhere. They are. But you guys have a website where they can go and see even more things, yeah, correct? Yeah, our website is a great place to go to get more information, or if you want to reach out and ask us a question, you you know, we would love to get in touch. You can reach us at um, our website is imperialtoy.com. Um, and then, yeah, our products are really everywhere, everywhere from, you know, your your mass locations, online at Amazon. You can find us everywhere. So uh, please, if you need anything, reach out. And, and we're just so thrilled to be here to help support in any way we can. I, I, I've continued to have so much fun with my massive googly ball. And since there's a massive googly ball, does that imply that there are littler ones as well? There's smaller ones, and Ooh. there's also a gigantic one, oh, which is stop. even bigger. Yes. Stop. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you can see I, it's unfortunate that I don't love these obsessively. Um, I've had such a good time with it. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Give our love to everybody at Imperial Choice, especially Stephanie. Yes, thank okay. you so much. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with Brian Turtle from Endless Games. The fun never stops. Stick with us. Hey, I'm Candace Cameron Bray. Tom Bergeron. You're watching Autism Live. And you're watching Autism Live. And you're watching Autism Live. You're watching Autism Live. month of September, I figured I'd show you guys how to make a task completion chart to help your kids get through the hardest parts of the day. Parents have been writing into our host, Shannon Penroth, the hardest parts of the day are waking up in the morning, after school, and getting ready for bed. Please keep in mind you can always modify the task completion chart to focus on the skills that your family needs most. The template we'll be using today to make the task completion chart you can find at facebook.com slash autismlive. Alright, let's get to it. The materials you'll be needing are the template, cardstock, scissors, hole puncher, glue, 
pipe cleaner, Velcro, and photos or images. We find it more reinforcing for kids if you use images of themselves doing the tasks that you're trying to get them to complete. So what I have here to start off are photos of myself doing all the tasks that we're going to add to our task completion chart today. The first step you're going to be doing is printing the template from facebook.com slash autismlive. I have it here and the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to trim at the top. We don't need that, that's just totally excess. Now that I trim my three templates, I'm going to label each one with a different part of the day that we're focusing on, such as waking up, after school, and getting ready for bed. Now that I've finished labeling the templates with the appropriate time of the day, I'm going to attach the photos that go with it. For bedtime, the tasks I chose were getting ready for school, putting away toys, putting on pajamas, and brushing teeth. Now repeat this for all the rest of the day. Now that I've added the photos to the template, I am taking this along with my heavy cardstock to hold all my tokens. I'm going to line them up and make three hole punches. I'm going to take this pipe cleaner and attach the pages together with it. We're almost done putting this together. Next, I'm going to take my Velcro. I'm going to put them underneath each picture and then I'm gonna add four on the very edge too. Now that I've attached the rough side of the Velcro to the template, now I'm gonna take the softer side and add these to the tokens. You can use whatever you want for the tokens, whatever your child finds reinforcing. They could be stickers, images, spacemen, Pokemon, whatever they like. Before you use your task completion chart, it's really important that you do a preference assessment to see what your child finds reinforcing that day. Once you have that established, then you can tell them the rule for how this task completion chart works. So every time they get one of their tasks completed, they add a token to it. And the way the task completion chart functions is like a token economy. So after they put a token under each one of these tasks, they can trade it in for their reinforcer for the day. Now that you've made your task completion chart, hopefully your child will be able to use it on a daily basis and help them through those difficult times of the day. Well, until next time, craft on. Bye, guys. Can you see me flying by your side? Welcome back to Autism Live. We've been having such a good time today, and it's only fitting that we end the show. And we're going to run a little late. I'm just going to tell everybody that right now because um, we've been running late. But um, one of my all-time favorite guests when we do, especially when we do Festival of Toys, uh, Brian Turtle from Endless Games is joining us. Brian, I can't wait to see what you're wearing. Oh, okay, great. Well, it's uh, <laughs> Christmas uh, Star Wars shirt. Okay, I, we're waiting until I can see you. I haven't seen you yet. Is he there? Look there! Oh, I love the Star Wars. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's not an ugly sweater at all. No, it's a festive uh, way to say that I like Christmas and Star Wars. There you so. go. I absolutely love it. Well, I like Christmas and Star Wars, but I love Endless Games. Can I, can I just too, say I that? And um, we have been in love with Endless Games forever. At the start of the show, I was talking about how important it is to play board games and interactive games with your family and include your child on the spectrum. And you have 
the full line of craziness uh, that happens. And every year we're able to find more things that we fall in love with. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start by featuring some of the things that we have in this year's toy guide. But um, maybe you should tell us where they can find Endless Games as we get ready to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, EndlessGames.com is the is the most obvious location. Um, you can find Endless Games on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can buy some of the games that we're showing here today. They're all available on Amazon.com. Uh, they are also available on EndlessGames.com, so uh, whichever way you decide to go. You can also find our products. Some of them are in uh, Barnes & Noble stores. Um, all the local mom-and-pop shops definitely support the, uh, the Independent Toy Retail Association and those uh, smaller toy game stores. So we encourage folks to remember to shop local and not just open go out to those big box stores. I, I think it's such a nice more sense of family and community in those, in those independent toy stores, <clears throat> and we're proud to be part of those. Well, and they should be proud to have your toys because they're amazing. So what do you want to start with? Let me ask you, which toy do you want to start with from this well, year's award winners? And that's what I've got in front of me is the floor is lava. And you know what's really cool is that um, our last guest, right as she was leaving and we were taking and putting everything out on the desk, she said, oh, the floor is lava. I love that game. That's a great game. And we were like, we yeah. know. <laughs> it's, you know something? It is amazing the, uh, the, the resonance that the game is having and um, it, it's something everyone has done. I did it 40 years ago when I was growing up in Philadelphia where my friends and my sister and I, we traversed the living room by going from the couch to the recliner to the coffee table to the dining room chair, all because the floor was locked, so we were, we were not allowed to touch the carpet. <laughs> so it's really that, that version of this sort of homegrown game has evolved over the course of last however many years. And so what we've got here in Harvard is uh, also my kids on the back of the box. I'd miss if I didn't mention Are those your two. kids? Yes, two, two girls are, yeah. Oh, how lovely. Um, so what we do now is instead of having to jump all over the furniture and just breaking your neck by sliding off the coffee table, right. is we give you all of these foam at playing stones and there's 25 pieces Bob, sizes. Some have question marks, some don't. And uh, scatter those all over and you say three, two, one, the floor is lava, and everybody hops onto a different colored mat. And from then on, we start trusting the skin here to determine what the color is. So if I land on you, then everybody's going to hop to the closest yellow pile. And we start staying off the carpet and staying off the floor, which is lava. And after every spinner, we would so it sort of has chairs to it, uh, and that the tiles get fewer, and inevitably there may be fewer tiles than there are players, and some players uh, may have to fall We also raise the uh, possibility of falling the lava by those tiles that have a question mark on it. We have cards that have different challenges that you have to do while you do not touch the floor. That's around like a ballerina, or hop like a bunny, or uh, move from tile to tile until you land on every available color. 
So we're giving you additional physical challenges that may knock you off the same pile, and it's just, um, and it's just sort of a last player standing sort of a game that everybody has played in their game, you know, at some point in their lifetime. And I uh, just wanted to uh, make it a safe way to do it that, uh, that inspires active play. Okay. Not okay. Be well, this was a no-brainer for us, and a, a for sure award winner in this year's guide. We played this with a group of kids, and we had so much fun playing this. But the things that they were working on while they were playing it that they had no idea that they were working on. We, I mean, from huge gross motor skills like being able to hop from one place to another place. We saw kids that physically weren't able to do something and then we started playing this game and miraculously they were able to do it, right? But that they were also learning their colors. They were learning different distinctions of things, right? Because um, some of the cards say things like move to the closest unoccupied green tile. So we got to talk about when somebody else is standing there that that's not unoccupied, right? Yeah. And what's the closest green tile and uh, so on and so forth. So it was super duper fun. The kids were having such a great time. It says here that it's ages 5 to 105. And I will tell you that, you know, I was playing and we had kids that were five, six, seven, and eight, but we had two three-year-olds who were playing and they were playing with each other and they had a little extra support to play that they had a mom that was helping them to play and showing them which tiles to go to and it, they were having a blast too. So I love this game. I love all the things that it, uh, it works on. That One of the things that I love about your younger board games, Brian, is that they involve a lot of movement. And for kids who have attention issues, sitting and playing a board game and moving a little piece around the board is not where it's at. They need to be moving their bodies, and this is a great game for those kiddos. Something's constantly happening, and then they get to move, and then there's something silly that they have to do. It's really smart. The Floor is Lava is a hit. Thank you so much. I'm glad you, uh, I you like it as much as we do. Uh, no, the joke that we made on the video that we did is that we don't love it. We lava it. <laughs> so anyway, so that what, what do you want to go to next? So let's talk about uh, Everybody Knows. Okay. Okay. Got it. And this is for ages 12 and up, although, again, like most of our games, uh, sometimes the age range isn't always, uh, you know, limiting. You can certainly play this with an 8, 9, 10 11-year-old, um, but, but the, the questions are things that we would expect anybody maybe ages 12 and over to know. So hence the name everybody knows. It's uh, roughly about 360 cards, all of which have 10 mm, general knowledge questions on them, things that you should know, like what is Clark Kent's superhero alter ego? Superman. Or this, exactly. Or where does the Pope live? At the Vatican. There you go. Okay, so things like this. Like, here's one. What letter comes before J? Oh, now I'm going to have to, like, uh, H, H right. I, I. Right, J. yeah. So it's all these questions that everybody knows, hence the name. And what the real hook of it is is that you're trying to get all ten questions on the card answered correctly in 60 seconds or less. Wow. So when you add this little 
plastic piece right here. This sand timer creates something that's so simple and all of a sudden adds a layer of tension <laughs> that suddenly you can't remember what letter comes before J. Right. Or you don't know what kind of animal um, the lizard is. And so these are all questions that everybody knows but all of a sudden when you incorporate that sand timer, right. it's almost like, I think about it like everybody's got all the answers in their mental file cap. And you have to find pull the right file, find the right folder. And all of a sudden, when someone says, hurry up, hurry up, find it now, it becomes, you can practice sort of uh, try to process the information and think about it. Because you do know the answer. It's just about getting it out for the 60 second time. So I think for, for kiddos that are on the spectrum, I think that um, if you've got teens um, that are on the spectrum and you need to play a family game, that this is the game to play. Now, one of the things that we did with some of the kids that needed a little bit more support is we played as teens. And we extended the time to whatever it was that we felt was appropriate so that it might be that you have to turn it over twice. Um, and that added something for the other teams because once it ran out, they were scurrying to turn it over and that kept their interest involved in everything. But what we found is that working on in teams with this is that the discussions that were had were so fun and so educational because maybe mom knew uh, what the answer to something was and you know the son didn't know and then it was how do you know that but the reverse was also true that there were things that the kids knew that we found the parents going wait a second how did you know that oh well it's in this video game yeah. you know um, so we, we love to take and modify, and one of the things that we've already done with this is taking it in the car to play. Um, and so that somebody pulls out the card and even the driver can play because you're yelling out um, the answer to a question. And the self-esteem that comes to teenagers when they get one of these right is super fabulous. So we, we really love it. The questions are great. They're not too hard. A lot of trivia games you get are just like so hard that it, they don't, the kids don't even want to play. But these are really accessible and um, builds self-esteem. Absolutely love it. And if, if kids are good enough at it, when you add the time element into it, as you said, it makes it that much more exciting. And then we're actually working on something called fluency that fluency is when our kids can do things and recall things as fast as we need for them to, to do it. And that's a really hard thing to figure out how to work on fluency. This game is great to, to work on fluency. So that's everybody knows. Again, another hit, Brian. We love it. Just one other thing. Yeah. Was, uh, I was just looking at one of these cards while we were speaking there. And, and this is just a perfect uh, 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 how we try to at all. So for example, on this one example card that I just pulled at random, it's uh, what NFL football team plays in Baltimore, Maryland? The Ravens. What is media <laughs> I would have said media? the Orioles. That's how remedial I am. That's baseball, right. <laughs> right? Same city. What is meteorology the study of? That's the weather. Uh, that, here you get Michael Jackson did a zombie dance for which one of his big hits? Thriller. Thriller. Very good. And, now, and then who does Shrek marry? 
Fiona. There you go. So I, 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 I just pulled this one out, and I thought, here's a perfect example where we've got sports, science, pop culture, animated cartoons, and really just sort of showcases how this game kind of covers on every concept and every category so that everybody in the family is playing on the and I love it because you can get the whole family involved. And so often people yeah. go, well, but I don't know what game and I don't know what they'll be able to do. This really can get everybody involved. Okay, yeah, so that's everybody good. knows. But Play then then yeah. we move up to uh, what comes what to mind. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is a game that is basically about what comes to mind. There are... Uh, how many cards here? Uh, 75 cards that have prompts on one side and photographs on the other side. So on the on the prompt side of the card, I may read, say, things that go bad in the refrigerator. Then everybody has an answer sheet like this, and they're going to write down the very first thing that comes to mind. I may say something that comes in an aerosol can. You're going to write down the first thing that comes to mind. We're going to go through the whole card that way and then reveal our answers. So if I say something that goes bad in the refrigerator and I write, and I had written down milk and you had also written down milk, you and I would score points because we match answers. Love it. So it's, it's unlike a game like uh, categories where you're trying to have that unique answer. Right. What comes to mind, we say it's the game where great minds think and score alike. So... You will score the number of points based on how many people match your answer. And, you know, one of the things that we particularly loved about this was it, you know, when we're teaching perspective taking, which is understanding what's going on in other people's minds, it's really hard to get other people to sit and talk about what's going on in their minds, right? It's that, that uh, we loved when the movie Inside Out came out and it was, we were able to see inside people's minds. And what I, I love, this is like a board game version of it because we sit there and play this. And, you know, so for instance, on my card, um, it says a famous battle. And so everybody writes something down. And even though, you know, the goal is that you match and, you know, high five and you're like, oh, we got points. There is, it's very revealing what people write. It's a conversation starter. And it allows your kiddo who's on the autism spectrum to see, oh, I was thinking about you know the Battle of Saratoga, but somebody across the table wasn't. And just reinforcing that whole idea that what I think is not the same what other people think in a fun way is super fabulous. So that's why this is a, a hit for us. Um, plus, plus you're teaching flexibility of thinking. Well, that's what I was gonna go to. The thing about it is on that first side of the card where everything is pretty straightforward with the prompts, you're kind of, answering a direct question. You're trying to think of something specifically, but then on the flip side, that's where you have the photo round, and so this is a little bit more open-ended. So you don't just want to say um, a compact disc or a guitar. You want to write down the first thing that comes to mind without saying what it is on the photo. So in this example, it's a champagne cork. I might write down New Year's Eve, and if you matched me on the photo round, now we score double points. So the number of people who match answers, you times it by two, and it adds to uh, your total, and can double your points quickly. Well, I have a friend who saw the pictures on here, Brian, and she said, oh, those are the perfect writing prompts for me, for my students, 
that uh, she wants to bring them in and put them on the board on her, you know, she's got a projector that she can put everything up on the board and say, now write two sentences about whatever comes to mind, mm -hmm. which is a great writing prompt. So I, we love this. You always make clever things and make super fabulous things. Now I see behind you, you have one of last year's award winners, uh, Sleepover Party. Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure, yeah, this was uh, one that, um I was just using it to build my Endless Games backdrop. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Sleepover Party is another game that was very heavily influenced by my, my own two daughters. And it's a big spinner and 200 cards. And you spin for a category, and the category will either be Work It, Act It, or Party. If I land on Work It, I'm going to draw a card from the Work It pile, and it's going to give me some sort of a physical challenge, something like pick up a pencil off the floor using your toes, or move a cookie from the far end of your mouth without using your hands. So something more physical. Um, the active category, I will draw from the active deck, and that's going to be a performance-based challenge. That'll say something to the effect of uh, sing happy birthday to the player to your right, but sing it as an opera singer. Or um, recite the Pledge of Allegiance uh, while holding your tongue. Or something silly like that that's kind of sleepover party worthy. And then the party category, we land on party, uh, we draw the party deck, and that will be something of a team challenge, or they say have a wheelbarrow race across the room, or any player with the letter T in their name has to act like a bunny. So that party uh, category involves the whole group of people playing. And there is a point system in that these cards each have different individual point values. For your opponents, but really, this is a game that's about the fun that you have doing each individual challenge or stunt or activity, and it really is uh, the whole kit and caboodle of a sleepover party all up in this uh, box to uh, you know break out of your sleepover party. It was a huge hit last year for us, and it, w it was featured in our toy guide last year. So uh, we're we've gone over, but Brian, is there anything else you wanted to talk to us about? Because we love endless games. No, we love you guys too, Shannon, and we appreciate you having us on this time of year, every year. Uh, I'm going to have to reload all my Christmas shirts. I think we've, uh, we've gone through <laughs> all of them over the it. last several years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just ask that people check us out online. Like I said, they can find us on, uh, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, all the social media channels there, and to check us out at EndlessGames.com. And to go to their local toy store and, uh, and, and ask for the floor is lava or the sleepover party game yes. or what comes to mind. And uh, we can all sort of uh, help build this thing together. Super fabulous games. Check out the whole line of games. You won't be sorry. Uh, they always come packaged well. Uh, you know, everything about Endless Games is done well. So we really appreciate And you don't use a huge box when you don't have to. Um, so truly wonderful. We thank you guys so much. It's not the holidays until Brian Turtle has come and been on the show. So we have officially kicked off the holidays. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. We, we, we just love you guys so much. Thank you. All Good right. Advice. You take care. Bye-bye. Happy, happy holidays. Uh, we just truly love endless games.
So I know that we are, we've gone over, oh my gosh, like 15 minutes. So let me just say this, that Saturday is Sensitive Santa. And uh, we will be at the We Rock the Spectrum on Krebs Avenue in Tarzana. It is from 10 to 4. Santa will be there and Mrs. Claus will be there. And um, it's great because the kids get to play in the sensory gym instead of waiting in line. And we love partnering with We Rock the Spectrum to do this because honestly, I think that is... There are a lot of sensitive Santas out there, and I, you know, they're all wonderful. I don't want to take anything away, but I think ours is super extra fabulous for two reasons. Well, maybe three or four. But um, you get to play in the sensory gym before you come to see Santa. But also, when you come to see Santa, you get to take as much time as you want and as many pictures as you want, and there's no charge, and you get a free-wrapped toy. It's one of the toys featured on the show um, by some of the companies that have donated to us. So it's these games and more. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a free toy to put under your tree that your kids get to wrap or unwrap, uh, you know, there if they want to or not. Uh, you can take it home and stick it under the tree. It doesn't matter to us, but they get to play. And you get to take as many pictures as you want. And nobody's going to stand there and say, you got to buy ours. We're not selling anything. And I'm very proud of that. So that will be on Saturday. We'll see if, I know that we're going to have somebody there videotaping. We might even go live for a few minutes. I like to preserve people's anonymity, though, so we may not. But um, I will be back here on Wednesday, and we've got big, big shows to get us to the end of the year. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you, too. Bye-bye for now.